Welcome to the Sicha this week, Project Lekot Sichas. We're going to be learning Sicha Beis of Parshas Vayetze in Chelek Yud, page 92. When Reuven was born, Leah said that now Hashem has seen my affliction, and now from here going forward, my husband will love me. So therefore she called his name Reuven. She calls his name Reuven. What's the meaning of this? Rabbi Seinu Pirshu. Omru, Omra, that is, Reu ma benbni leben chami. See the difference between my son and the son of my father in law, Esav. Shemachara bechayre le Yaakov. Esav sold his bechayre to Yaakov. Vizeh loy machre le Yosef. Reuven did not sell his bechayre to Yosef. He cherished the fact that he was a bechayre. And then, when Yaakov went and gave away the Bechayra partially to Yosef, he did not protest. Not only did he not protest, Reuven is the one that wanted to save Reuven's, uh, Yosef's life when he was placed into the pit. So this is the greatness of Reuven, and the name Reuven that Leah gives him is because of the future of Reuven's conduct that shows us how great he was. The question over here is Aleph, Rashi idea Klal Yisaidi Rashi tells us a fundamental rule in his Pirish. Rashi is only explaining the Pshat of the Pasik. He's only explaining whatever is not fully understood in the Psukim. So, what question is there that Rashi is coming to address? Beis, he said to me, so the question goes even further. Rashi mefarish, Rashi is telling us, Shatam lekriya shem Reuven, humishum shomra ruma ben bni v'chulu, that Leia said, and she saw the future, the difference between Reuven and Esav. Heipach pshuta shomikra, the opposite of what it says clearly in the pasuk. But tikra shmoi Reuven, ki ro Hashem ba'oni ki ata yavani ishi, that she saw the Eibushter, that is, the Eibushter saw her affliction, and now my husband's going to love me. This is the reason for the name Reuven. That's what it says in the pasuk. So now even though Rashi is quoting here, generally speaking, from what it says in the Gemara, So again, Rashi says more than once, Rashi is only saying the Pshat of the Pasik, And he only brings from the Gemara, or, or Medrashim, when it's, Relevant to explaining the pshat of the pasuk, there has to be something, a question that needs to be answered. And he's only going to quote from Gemara an answer if it could fit into the pasuk. That it fits into the words of the pasuk. In this case, though, if the pasuk says one reason for the name Reuven, and the Gemara quotes a completely different reason, why would Rashi bring this reason of the Gemara if it has nothing to do with what it says in the pasuk? There are those that say that the reason that it says in the pasuk that the Eved saw my affliction. It's not enough to explain the name Reuven. It only explains part of the name. The three letters of Ru'u, which is related to Ra Hashem, the Hashem has seen. It doesn't explain the second half of the name Ruvain. So therefore the Gemara says another reason. 
Sha'amra that Leah said, Ru Chami. See the difference between my son and my father-in-law's son. So this hints to the second half of the name, Ben Shinyani Miramez Bishem Ruven Kulay. So this hints to the entire name, Ruma Bain Bini. So that's why Rashi brings this pshat, because what it says in the Pasik does not fully explain the whole name. However, for Rashi, we can't say this. In addition to the fact, if Rashi's question is that the second half of the name is not explained, and therefore Rashi is bringing a different reason than what it says clearly in the Pasik. So Rashi should have pointed out his question. Even though usually Rashi doesn't point out questions, as the Rebbe brings in the Ha'arah, but however over here, if Rashi is saying something that's different, opposite than what it says in the Pasuk, so Rashi should point out that what it says in the Pasuk applies to the first half of the name. But the Gemara gives a different shot, because only through this could we understand the second half of the name. Why doesn't Rashi point that out? Besides that, the Rebbe says, B'pshute shomikra einza kushya, meikara de milsa. The whole question here, that the name Reuven and the reason that's given in the Pasik does not explain the full name is not a question at all. You could say that the second part of the name, the Beis and the Nun, are hinting to the Beis and the Nun that are in the word Banyi. Even though we're skipping the Ayin and the Yud that's in that word, the nikud of the beis is not the same. Be onye is a be, and over here it's bein, ruvein. Regarding the fact that a name hints to something, we can see that it's not always exact, and it doesn't always include the same letters. Where does Rashi bring this? Shamayim, hu rashitevis, so mayim, shom mayim, eishu mayim. So the word shamayim is a combination of two words. The Aleph is not hinted in the word Shemaim, even though it's a combination of the words Sa and Eish, which does have an Aleph. The Nikud is also not the same. So what do we see from this? It's enough the fact that the word Shemaim has the letter Shin. This is the main letter that's pronounced when you say sa or aish and the aleph is not felt as much. So the same is also true when it comes to the word ba'anyi. Sha'isi is bezvinun of the word ben The bez and the nun are the letters that are pronounced the most when you say ba'anyi. So therefore we can say that the ru vein, the bez and the nun the fact that uh, the Bain does not hint to the other letters is not an issue. Like we see that Rashi already says before, the two main letters that you can hear in the word Ba'anyi is hinted in uh, Ruvain. So there's no additional explanation needed to explain the Pshat of the name Ruven more than what it says in the Pasuk. Our original question comes back. Why is Rashi giving a different shot and what it says in the Pasik for the reason for the name? Now let's take a look in the words of Rashi itself. What does Rashi actually say about what Leah saw when she gave this name? Aleph. So the first point here to point out 
that we have to understand is the reason that she said, look at the difference between my son and my father-in-law, son Esav. Lama Pirish Rashi. Why does Rashi say Bipshata Kosov Karabisene Bigamare Shah Hefrish? Ben Binila Ben Chami, who Bizesh Ben Chami Mokhara Bakhaira. Aesov sold the Bakhaira. Bizele Mokhra, he didn't sell it, and Vilay Iridalov, he didn't protest about it. Vilayoidil Shala Iridalov Hulu, and Rashi goes on to say that he actually even saved Yosef. Why does Rashi bring up this point to show that Reuven was greater than Aesov, which is Aleph, Bumura Asad Lava, Lachakama Vakamashanim? This is something that will take place after many, many years when the B'chayr is going to be taken away from uh, Reuven and given to Yosef. Leah here is saying a name, is giving a name based on something in the distant, a Nevoah about a distant future. And Gimel, this actually also includes something that seems to be negative about Reuven. The fact that his B'chayr was taken away from him and given to Yosef because of his Aveira. And uh, the fact that uh, he's the one that uh, put Yosef into the pit. Why wouldn't Rashi say something else? If you want to point out how Reuven is greater than uh, than Esau, Rashi could point out something which is a praise about Reuven, and something that's going to happen much closer in time. What is this? That Esau is a person that's stealing from others. My son Reuven does not steal from anybody. Rashi here brings in this week's parasha. Reuven went out to make tzirchitim, and he only brought in from things that were hefker, and he didn't take from gazel. So why does Rashi have to point out something that's going to happen in the distant future? To point out the mile of Reuven, why doesn't Rashi point out something that's going to happen over here, right in this week's parasha, that Reuven does not steal, and, and uh, Esau does? Another question over here is In what Rashi itself says, there's not, it's not understood. Even though seemingly what Rashi says comes from the Gemara, but he actually says it different than what it says in the Gemara. The Gemara Isa, if you look in the Gemara, it says there as follows. When it comes to Esau, Esau willingly and knowingly gave away his Bechayra to Yaakov. What does it say after that? That he hates Yaakov. And he says that Yaakov tricked me twice. So even though he himself willingly gave it away, he hates him. Even though the Bukhayr was taken away from Reuven and given to Yosef against his will, the Chsiv Chulu, as the Pasik says, it's not something that Reuven gave away. Nevertheless, there was no jealousy. Reuven had no jealousy over Yosef about this. So, this is what it says in the Gemara. Now, the Rebbe points out this is different than what it says in our Rashi. I know Shahefresh bin Esav Luruvin, who according to what it says in the Gemara, what's the difference between Esav and Ruven? Esav, son of Yaakov Avura Bhairishovraloi. Esav hated Yaakov for the Bukhaira that was given to Yaakov. Afal Gav the Midaite Zavnele, even though it was he himself that willingly sold it to him. And the Ruven Loyaknabi Yasef. And Ruven did not have this jealousy uh, to the fact that Yasef had the Bukhaira. So the point here, according to the Gemara, is the jealousy or the hatred. Ye, uh, um, Esau had that jealousy and Reuben did not 
But if you look at what it says in our Rashi, the difference between Reuben and Esau is not about the jealousy or hatred. It's not about whether there was or wasn't any hatred or jealousy between them. The difference is about the sale itself. Did, did they sell the Bechayr or not? That's the only point that Rashi brings up about the negativity of Esau that Reuben did not have. And Reuben's advantage is, he's higher than Esau, he did not sell the Bechayr. If you look in the Gemara, that's not what the Gemara is saying about the Milo of Reuben, whether he sold the Bechayr or not. And the Gemara is pointing out what happened after the fact. After the fact that the Bechayr was taken away from him, was there any hatred or jealousy? That's the difference between Esav and Reuben. Whereas in Rashi, what's the difference Rashi points out? This itself. Esav sold the Bechayr and Reuben did not. So why does Rashi say it differently than what it says in the Gemara? Gimbal, another question here is, Rashi Maisif, when it comes to Reuven, so Rashi adds, olav, Reuven did not protest when the Bechayra was taken away from him. Olav, not only did he not protest, Reuven is the one that wanted to save Yasser from the pit. Just like Rashi emphasizes the extent of the greatness of, of her son, of Reuven, this, this high level, this greatness of, of Reuven, that uh, he didn't mind even when it was taken away from him and he didn't protest. How far the extent of his uh, greatness was. Why doesn't Rashi contrast this and say the same thing when it comes to how low Esau is? Not only did he sell it, but after he sold it, he actually protested. As it says in the Gemara that he hated Yaakov for this. Not only that, he actually wanted to kill Yaakov even after he sold him the Bechayra willingly. So just like Rashi shows us the full extent of the greatness of Reuven, why doesn't Rashi show us in the opposite, in the negative, the full extent of how low Esau was, that he willingly sold it, and nevertheless he hated him and wanted to kill Yaakov. So, the Rebbe's questions over here are two basic points that the Rebbe asks here. First of all, why is the Pasik, why is Rashi saying something different than what the Pasik says? The Pasik clearly tells us the reason for the name. And Rashi brings from Chazal a completely different reason. It's not a Pipshutish or Mikra at all. And the second point that Rebbe says is if you're looking to find an advantage of Esau, of Reuben that is, over Esau, so. There's other things that Rashi could have said. You're looking for the character, the great character of Reuven. You could point out the fact that he didn't steal. That's something that happened much earlier. Or even the way the Gemara points it out. The Gemara points out that there was a great character of Reuven, that he didn't have the jealousy and the hatred to his brother. Why does Rashi choose specifically what he says to point out the Milo of Reuven over Esau? This fact that he did not sell the Bechayra and Esau sold the Bechayra. And it doesn't even say it in the Gemara. This is, Rashi puts it this way and the Gemara doesn't say it at all. So the pshat is as follows. The reason that it says clearly in the Pasuk. Now Hashem has seen my affliction, and now that I've given birth to a child, my husband will love me. Generally speaking, it's very simply understood. It's human nature. When your wife gives birth, so this brings a closeness from the husband to the wife, and it brings the love. So therefore, now that she gave birth to a child, 
So therefore she said, it's going to bring the Kirov and the Ava, a, more, a greater Kirov and Ava to her. So that's very simply understood. However, over here, when it comes to the relationship between Yaakov and Leah, this point, which is usually human nature, is not so simply understood. For a few reasons. Now, from here, going forward, my husband will love me. What are we talking about? What happened over here? Yaakov originally wanted to marry Rachel. Rachel was the wife he was interested in marrying. Leah, he only married because Lavan tricked him into marrying Leah. And therefore, even after he married Leah, she was considered to be Snua. Right? Lavan, the, the, Yaakov wanted to marry Davke Rachel. So isn't it possible even after she gives birth to a child? Not necessarily is the feelings of Yaakov to her going to change from one extreme to another that now he's going to love her. In a normal situation, a husband and wife, so then, like the Rebbe said before, that when a woman gives birth, so it's but over here, she was the snua. It wasn't the regular situation. She was the snua. So the fact that now she gave birth, why was she so, why was she so sure that going forward from here, her husband's going to love her? Rachel is also going to give birth to a child. Right? So from now, she's saying, from now going forward, my husband will love me. How does she know this? She gave birth to a child. And Rachel, which was the main wife that Yaakov wanted to marry, will also give birth to a child. So how could she say with such a certainty, Another question is, How does she know that this child will be a source of nachas that is going to go on a straight and good path? And it's only if the son is going in a straight path, then it'll bring the closeness of Yaakov to Leah, to her mother. In the future, it's possible that he won't go on the right path. And then, not only will it not bring a closeness, it might bring the opposite. It might bring a separation between them. In our case, there's a basis for this concern. The first son of Yitzchak, which was Esav, and the firstborn son of Avram, which was Yishmael, their behavior was not appropriate. They went away. They went on a different path. When you have a child that doesn't go on the path that the, the, the father and mother want, not only does it not bring a closeness, it may actually bring a friction, a separation between the father and mother because of this problem that they have with their child. So again, the question over here is, Leah is saying with such a certainty, here going forward, my husband is going to love me because of this child that I gave birth to. So two points. First of all, she was the snua. So how does she know that it's going to change in such an extreme? Second of all, it's all based on the fact that she gave birth to this child. How does she know what's going to happen in the future with this child? How does she know what's going to be from me? Maybe this child will be a source of a friction between her and her husband. So therefore, Rashi has to say, That my son is different than Esau. He sold the Bechayra and my son did not. 
Hainu meaning the Zesha Karalay Ruvan Bitan ki Amriki Rashambandi Vinasan La Ben. This that it says in the Pasik that she calls him Ruven because of the fact that Hashem sees her affliction and now her husband's gonna love her. Yuvan al Pizedar Abisainu Pirshu. What it says in the Pasik could be understood based on what the Gemara says. Kilule Zais, if not for what we know that the son, Reuben, will go on a straight path and will be a big tzaddik, so then what she's saying, that from here, from now, my husband's going to love me, there's no reason to be so certain about that. Just because she gave birth to our child, that wouldn't be enough of a basis to say that there would be an avar from Yaakov to Leah, as we explained before, the two reasons. So just what it says in the Pasuk itself is not enough. So Rashi adds that this that she said, that the birth of this child is of Yaakov to her, that's because she saw that, that that's actually going to be a lasting and a real Ava, because in the future, he's going to go on the right path. So when the Pasuk over here says, that she's so certain that her husband will love her, this needs an additional explanation. That there has to be another basis over here for this, that she's giving this name, Reuven. That explains the Mila of this child that's born. The difference between Reuven and Esau. So based on what it says in Chazal about the name Reuven, we understand. We understand what it says in the Pasek. So Rashi is not coming to add his own Pshat. Different than what it says in the Pasik. Rashi is bringing this Pshat to clarify the Pshat and the Pasik of why the birth of this child is a source of the, what it says in the Pasik that she's so certain that Atta Yavani Yishi. Now we can understand why when Rashi quotes the Maila of Ruven, the, what's the Maila that Rashi wants to bring regarding Reuven? Not stamped to find any quality or any great thing about Reuven. But Rashi is actually bringing the Maila of Reuven regarding the Indian of the Bechayra. The fact that he didn't give up his Bechayra. Not just any other Maila that he had. Because this emphasizes the Maila of Reuven. Following in what it says in the Pasuk. The fact that she gives birth to the, for the first son to Yaakov. And therefore my husband will love me. Since this Bechayra, this Bechayra that's born over here, the Bechayra that's born, he actually will embrace this advantage and this mile that he has of being the Bechayra. He will love it and he will cherish it. He didn't sell his Bechayra. The fact that he was the firstborn for Yaakov. It was something that was cherished and precious to him. So Rashi is not just looking to bring any advantage, any great thing that Reuven had. But Rashi is actually looking to say that Leah is saying the Av of Yaakov to her because of this firstborn son. And this firstborn son is actually going to embrace that itself. He's going to cherish this itself that he's the firstborn son. So therefore, it's a hashlomit and a hemshech to what it says in the Pasik. Right? Unlike um, Esau and Yishmael that I've quoted before, they were also bechayr to their father. But nevertheless, they left. They didn't uh, embrace or cherish the fact that they were a bechayr. Hashem came Reuven. When the firstborn son, Reuven, is born to Yaakov, Leah says, it's not stamped that he's the firstborn son, but you never know how we'll treat this in the future. No, he's going to embrace this very identity of being the firstborn son, and therefore, Yehavani Ishi for him being the firstborn son. 
That's why Rashi brings Dafke this reason. Mamshech Rashi, but Rashi now continues and adds even more to this. He didn't protest when the Bechayda was taken away from him. And he also actually tried to save Yosef when he was thrown into the pit. So here Rashi has to add this. Yaakov actually loved Rachel more. He married. He wanted to marry her first, and he's the one that she, he wanted. She's the one that he wanted to have children with. Okay? So going back to the point that the Rebbe said before, we're not talking about a regular situation here. We're talking about a situation where she was Leah was the snua because really Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel. So even after Rashi gives the reason that now Leah gave birth to the firstborn son, but in the end of the day, Rachel is the one that Yaakov wanted to have the children with. However, now that Leah gives birth, not just to, to the firstborn born son of uh, Yaakov, that's not enough. That wouldn't be enough of a reason for Leah to be so certain that Yaakov will love her. But it's a ben Naila kazeh, such a great son. What's the greatness that Rashi adds over here? He's the And he actually cherishes him, and it's precious to him the fact that he's a b'chayr. And nevertheless, when Yaakov takes it away from him and gives it away to Yosef, he does not protest at all. The fact that Yaakov loved Yosef more than all the other children. And not only this, he's the one that wanted to save his life. So this shows that Leah gave birth to a son, Reuben, not only a son that's a Bechayr, and the Bechayr himself, cherishes his, the fact that he's a Bechayr, but he's a Balmaila. He has a tremendous Maila that even when this Bechayr is taken away from him, he doesn't protest about it. It's because of this great Maila that he has, that's why she was so certain that even though she was the Snua, and really Yaakov wanted to give birth from children with, with, from, from Rachel Dafke, nevertheless, Leah was certain that Yaakov will love her for this. So that's why Rashi has to bring this whole Ariches here because it's not a usual situation. She was the Snua. So this now explains Rashi doesn't bother going into detail or describing how low Esav is. And to add also the fact that he wanted to kill Yaakov. Rashi is just looking to explain how was Leah so certain that Yaakov will love her after this. But to go into detail to explain how low uh, Esav is, that's not the point that we're trying to explain over here. So therefore Rashi over there doesn't go into the full extent of it. But by Reuven, Rashi has to explain that Reuven was a special Balmaila because only that will explain why Ato Yavani Ishi more than Rachel. Based on the whole pshat that we're saying here, it'll be perfectly understood. Rashi, Rabbi Pirshu, that this is the pshat of Razal Pirshu. Rashi, this is the this is how they interpret the pasuk. And Rashi doesn't use the term that Razal say. 
as Rashi says in other places. By quoting what it says in Razal, he's not negating what it says in the Pasuk. Rather, Rashi is coming to clarify what it says in the Pasuk. To answer and explain the reason that the Pasuk says that it needs an additional clarification. How is she so certain that giving birth to Reuven now going forward her husband will love her? So therefore he brings Rabbi Seinu Pirishu The fact that he has gave birth through Leia to such a child. So this is going to bring, this is, she's certain that Ata Yavani Ishi. So Rashi's Pshat is coming to be Mefadish the Pasik and not to say something different than what it says in the Pasik itself. So we understand why Rashi has to bring this and we understand why Rashi chooses specifically this Maila of Reuven in the Indian of Bechayra, the Hemshech to what it says in the Pasik and not stamp to point out any greatness, any other quality that Reuven had as Rebbe asking the questions. Looking at the Yenishal Teira of Rashi. So the Rebbe here goes into a um, sort of a lengthy discussion to the names of all the Shvatim in contrast to the names of the Ovis. And then the Rebbe comes back to what Rashi says here. We see that there's a difference in the names of the Shvatim and the names of the Ovis. Who's the one that gave the names? Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Aleph, the first difference is, Their mothers gave them the names. The names of the Ovis, Yitzchak and Yaakov were not given through their mothers, it was given through their father or the Ebishter himself. Beis, another detail. The Torah is clearly spelling out the reason for their name. The Torah doesn't say, spelled out, clearly this is the reason for their name, using this expression, like it says by all the Shvatim. The Rebbe points out in the Ha'ara, even though when you get to Yitzchak, you see that it's connected to Kol Yitzchakli, but the Torah doesn't clearly say, that this is the reason of the name. Like it does say, the reasons for all the names by the Shvatim. So what's the difference? What's the difference between the Ovis and the Shvatim? And the difference between the names of the Ovis and the Shvatim. So let's first understand the significance of a name. The name of a person, it's not, it's not just a frame of reference that a person has a name so people should be able to call him. There's a connection of a name to the thing itself, or the person himself. There's a deep connection of the name to the energy that there is in the person himself. The ruchni is the neshama, the kayach in the person. Elo, however, she'ein Hashem is la neshama k'mo The name is not related to the neshama as it is to itself. Sharei neshama atzma k'edem b'yeh b'guf e'ne nikras b'shem klal. The neshama before it comes down in the world and enters into a body doesn't need any name, doesn't need any identity of a name. When the neshama comes down to give the chayis to the guf, so the shame, the name, is drawing down the energy of the neshama into the guf. That chayis that comes from the neshama to give chayis to the guf, that's rooted in the name of a person. So this is what a name is about. A name is drawing down the chayis of the neshama into a guf. 
regarding this, regarding a name, that through this name, that's the source of the highest coming down into the Guf, there are two levels. There is the fact that there is the general connection between the Neshama and the Guf, which are really two opposites, and we have to bring together the Neshama and the Guf, so there's the general connection of the Neshama and the Guf. The name Adam, which refers to all human beings, all human beings are called Adam. That's the name, that's the source of the highest to draw down the life of the Nisham of a human being into his Guf. That's in general. But then there is the specific highest of this Guf that's Mitsuya, that's formed and developed according to this particular Guf, and there's the name of this person. There's a specific name that every person has. That's another Indian. The prati is the name of every person that's shaykh only to him. So now, let's see the difference between the shvatim and the avas. So the Alter Rebbe says in Torah regarding the difference between the avas and the shvatim as follows. The beginning of when it comes to the avas, yeshna b'chazman b'chal adam, their Aveda is relevant in all times to every person. As the Gemara says, there are only three that we refer to as Aves. Why only these three? The Aves, their Aveda is inherited by their descendants later in every generation. No difference. But every single generation, the Aveda of the Aves is Shaykh to every Yid. Other levels of great tzaddikim that they were, Kagain, Shvatim, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, the levels of the Shvatim. Yeshlocha Adam. So there's a person, She'ein by Klaab, Chinesa Madreges that does not have these levels, that he doesn't, that, that Aveda from Reuven or one Shevet or another doesn't necessarily relate to him. Ma She'ein Kem Bechinesa Aves, Sarech Lies, Bechal Adam, She'ein Shoyresh Umakir, Kol Nisham Yisrael. The Aveda of the Aves does relate to every single Yid without exception. So the Rebbe explains the Pshat and what it says here in Torah. What we understand from this is as follows. The difference between the fact that the Aveda of the Ovis is Shaykh to every single Yid and the Aveda of the Shvatim is not. It's not only the fact that the levels of the Ovis, all three of them, is there by the Aveda of every Yid, he doesn't have necessarily the level of all the Ovis, only the level of his Shevet. It's not only that. It goes even further. It's a deeper point there. The Ovis being the source and the root of the Neshamas of all Yidin. The levels of the Avis is something deeper. It's an essential Aveda of the Avis that's there by every single Yid because this is a deeper level in the Neshama which you're connected to the Avis and it's the same by every Yid. This is a general Aveda, that all Yidin are equal with this. It's not a specific Aveda that relates to one individual on a specific level. This is a Atzmi is the Ge'inyin that every single Yid has connected to the Ovis, and that's why it's by every single Yid. But the levels of the Shvatim that you find amongst Yidin, even that level of the Shevet that you belong to, and therefore it's Shaykh to your Aveda, 
This is already a lower level where there's divisions. There's a, there's a level that's shaykh to one shevet and it's not shaykh to another shevet. This already relates to the level of Aveda to you as an individual, the level that you specifically are on. So even as far as the shevet that you do belong to, so therefore that shevet you have a connection to, your connection to your shevet is different than the connection to the Ovis. The connection to the Ovis is an essential Aveda that's shaykh to the essence of all Yidin equally. The fact that you belong to a specific shevet, and therefore there's that Aveda of the shevet that belongs to you, that's a lower level. That's a level of Aveda which comes down individually for your shevet. And therefore it's not as deep as a connection. So we can see the difference in the Ovis and the Aveda of the Shvatim as it relates to all Yidin. So based on this, this difference between how the Ovis are the source of our Aveda and the Shvatim, as they are the uh, Tzadikim, that uh, is the source of our Aveda, we could see this played out also in the difference of their name. Shame is Ovis, the names of the Ovis, which are Amshochik HaKlolis, Shebekolechet Misrael. This is a more of a general Aveda. Amshoch of us and a more essential, deeper Koyach of Aveda to every Yid. That's what the Ovis are about. The Shame is Ashvatim. The names of the Shvatim, Hainesha Amshoch, Bob, Abchinis Tziyo, Prati, Behesem, Lumuhusia, Pratis, Shokolechot. So the Aveda of the Shvatim is related more to the specific level that you are on. So therefore, since the names of the Shvatim are more related to the specific level of this Shevet, of this person that belongs to the Shevet, so in Kivin Shashem is Elu in Yonam, his Schalkos, this is bringing down the Aveda into more formulated on a specific level that this Shevet is on. So therefore the Torah spells out specifically the name and the reason of the name of this Shevet. Because the name is not a general Indian that's Shaykh to all Yidin, a more Atzmi thing that's Shaykh to all Yidin. It's a specific level with a specific reason that relates to a specific Shevet. That's why the Torah gives the reasons. But the Ovis, it doesn't give that reason. By the Ovis, the names are Shaykh to all Yidin. This also explains why by the Shvatim, who's the one that gave the names? Not the Ovis, but the Imois are the ones that gave the names. What's the reason? So it's known the difference between the relation of the father and mother when it comes to the birth of a child. The very essence of the existence of the child, that the source is in the father. But then the revelation or the development of all the limbs of the body of the child, that comes through the pregnancy by the mother. So the mother is the source of the hischalkos of the evanim and the revelation and the development of the metzias of the child. And this, this difference is also true about their relationship with their parents after they're born. The deep connection of a father to a son is is It's deeper. It's the essence of the father that's connected to the essence of his child. But on a revealed sense, we see more of a connection between a mother and a child. A mother nurtures the child and raises the child. In a revealed sense, we see more the connection of a mother to a child. But really on a deeper level, the essence of the child is more related to the father. 
And therefore it says that Av and Aim are the terms that are also used for Chachma and Bina. When it comes to Chachma and Bina being the source of the person's emotions for the midst of a person. So Chachma and Bina are called Av and Aim. Av and Aim shall They are the father and the mother of the emotions. Chachma is the point, it's the beginning, it's the source. The father, the source of the midis. Bina is once the person comprehends and sees all the details. So that's like, like the child that's developed by a mother in nine months. The same thing also regarding the emotions. The understanding in Bina is the source of once you have all the details that will bring about the midis, the feelings that come from it. So now, re- applying it back to our case, so we could understand over here regarding the Shvatim. The fact that you have the 12 different Shvatim that represent different levels. They're born by the mothers. This is Shalkos, just like by every birth. The source of the Shalkos of the child. And also over here, the Shalkos of all the different Shvatim comes from the mothers. Rachel and Leah. So therefore, they are the ones that gave the names for the Shvatim. With the Shvatim begins the division of different levels of Avedis Hashem that relates to the particular level of this Shevet. And that's related particularly to the mother. The mother is the source of the Hishalkas of the child that's born with his limbs and his own particular developed Evadim that he has. Omnam, now coming back over here to the names of the Shvatim and specifically what we see what Rashi says regarding the name of Reuven. The question still remains. If you look at the names that it says in this week's Parsha, we don't see that the reasons of these names are connected to the Aveda of the life of the Shvatim themselves. The names are talking about the mothers themselves, about the Imois, like over here by Reuben. The name is based on the fact that Hashem saw mine, Leah's affliction. Or the same by Shimon. All other names are all related to experiences of the Imois and not regarding to the Shvatim. Based on what the Rebbe is saying, the whole point of these names of the Shvatim is related to the levels of the Shvatim themselves. So this is another reason on the Yenish Lateira, why Rashi here says, So Rashi clarifies regarding the first name of Reuven, and from this we can understand regarding all the other Shvatim, that look at the greatness of Reuven, the difference between Reuven and Esau. meaning that this name here is not only a name that's connected to the mother, this name is also connected to Reuven himself, primarily with Reuven himself, that carries this name, because of his level of Avedis Hashem, because of his greatness. And the same is also true regarding all the other Shvatim, as it ever brings in Teirah Eir, it's explained in Teirah Eir, how these names relate to the Aveda of all the Shvatim. So besides what the Rebbe said, I'll be Pshuta Shomikra, that Rashi has to bring this added point here to clarify the Pshad and the Pasik in order to explain why Leah was so certain that Ato Yavani Ishi, Apichsidis, because the names are specifically related to the levels of the Shvatim themselves, so Rashi has to bring this clarification here that the name is not only related to experience of Leah herself, but it's also related to the Aveda of Reuven, and the same is true regarding all the other Shvatim. 
So now based on this, we can say the following hint. There's a connection we can see here to Teskisla, which is Yoyim Ayledes, Yoyim Ayelula, Shokvekdushas Admoam Tzai. The Yoyim Ayledes and the Yoyim Ayelula of the Mitla Rebbe. Shachol Kama Pama B'Shvur, the Parshas V'Yetzei. Many times it falls out in this Parsha. Oyal Kopanim B'Hayamim Asmuchim L'Shavis Parshas V'Yetzei. Or it falls out in the close proximity to V'Yetzei. Kibishon Ezu. The week after that it's, it's benched from Shabbos Parshas Vayetze. So what's the connection to Vayetze to what we spoke about over here in the Parsha? Key, and its point is as follows. We know the difference between the Alter Rebbe and his son, the Mitla Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe represents one point. The Alter Rebbe was the beginning of Chassidus Chabad and he started the new opening, the new point in the Eifan of Chachma. The Mitla Rebbe represents Bina. He developed it further and he brought it down in all the details. Taking the opening of the point of the Alter Rebbe and bringing it down in comprehension with all of the details that the Mitla Rebbe explained. The Mitla Rebbe brought Chassidus to be extended and spread broadly and widely. Like the, like the broadness of a river that flows. Of Bino, when you have all the details, like you see in the Maimonim of the Mitla Rebbe, he takes a Maim of the Alter Rebbe that could be one page, and he elaborates and explains pages after pages after pages, and the Mitla Rebbe printed so many Sifrei Chassidus, and he spread the words of Chassidus far and wide. This is similar to the point that we said that there's the names of the Yavis, the Yavis are the sources. And then it comes down to the Shvatim, which is bringing it down to the details, elaborating it and bringing it down on the specific level that you are on. That's the Shvatim. And that represents the Aved of the Mitla Rebbe taking the opening of Chachm of the Alter Rebbe and bringing it down lower into Bina, into the details. Mitzadas Rachvaz the Bina. And through this broadness that comes in Bina, Nasa Shevet Loshnam Shacha, the word Shevet also means to bring it down. Shenim Shachagili Gamlamata, to bring the revelation of Chsidis below. This was the desire of the Mitla Rebbe. It's known the word that the Mitla Rebbe said. His wish is that when two young Galite meet each other, what should be the conversation? This is, that's the real pshat of bringing the wellsprings of Chassidus outward that put two people meet each other and they're not in shul, they're not necessarily in a place where it's holy, it's chutzah, and there, what's the conversation about? We'll be zeichet to the coming of Mashiach, the Korev Mamesh.